Dude, why didn't we get invited to the class reunion? We're lucky. This whole thing stinks like murder revenge. Yeah, and I bet Marty Ranson's gonna be there too. Oh man, one time I heard he got a javelin jammed up his butt in the girls' locker room. Ooh, and he collects pictures of toes. Oh shit, there he is. Here comes the spooky! What's up, chuds and chudettes? Here comes the Spookies back with episode three. Today, we talk about Sid Haig, pay a little tribute. Then we take it to Doddsville High, where we meet Marty Ranson and his crazy gang of pals. So sit back, tie your buddy to a chair, and make him listen to your second favorite podcast. Hey everybody, here comes the Spookies back with episode 3. Uh, I'm your host, Cincinnati Jeff, and with me always is my very good friend, Nachos McWerewolf. How y'all motherfuckers doing out there? <laughs> so Nachos, how's it going, man? We got episodes 1 and 2 down? I feel like a goddamn champion. How about you, dog? I'm feeling pretty good, but it's probably the whiskey talking. This episode is brought to you by Whiskey and Two Drunk Idiots. <laughs> Moving company. <laughs> LLC. You don't sign any waivers. They just show up and break your shit. <laughs> they make you wear the back brace. Yes. And then you've got to carry it while they watch and complain. I like to watch. Um, so before we get started, I wanted to add a new segment uh, to the episodes here where we kind of talk about some of the recent news that's been going on. A in new the segment? Movie. Yes, sir. Already. Wow. Um, so one of the big ones that started out to the, uh, this week, uh, kind of sad. Oof. Uh, Sid Haig died. Uh, he was 80 years old. You know, um, just a great actor. There's a ton of we can say about him. The guy was in, and most people are going to know him from uh, the Zombies the zombie stuff. movies, uh, the trilogy where we had House of a Thousand Corpses, then The Devil's Rejects, and then most recently, The Three from Hell. Uh, he played Captain Spaulding. But he was in a ton of other movies back in the day. He was in a ton of Star Trek and... What? He was in Trek? Yeah, like episodes like that. He was in all kinds of goofy shit. He was in uh, Foxy Brown. I knew that. Uh, he was in Jackie Brown. What? Oh, fuck. Those are different movies. Oh. Yeah, the Tarantino Jackie Brown. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, fucking Quentin So you're just going to start the podcast off with, hey, you know this guy you love? He's fucking dead. He died. He's dead. He 80 years old. I'm not quite sure what happened. There's a couple different stories out. He was 80 years old. That's what fucking happened. I think he like, took like a bad spill or something. No. And then, like complications from that. I want to talk about his wife was just like, uh, no, Sid is fine. Everything is good. Well, because he ended up in the hospital, and then I think two weeks later after that, he passed away. I'm going to be real. I, I've never seen a Sid Haig movie where he isn't already 60 years old. Yeah, he's just perpetually, like, old and everything. But he's freaking awesome. Like, that guy, no matter what the role was, like, he brought it 100% every time. He was he had, like, a small part in the zombie remake of Halloween. Oh, yeah. Who uh, Was it The Caretaker? Yeah. Oh shit! Okay, and you know it's just like it's a joy. It's a joy to watch him on screen, and then he's like the kind of guy that every time you see me, like, oh yes, shit, I know it's that like guy, a, like a Tom Atkins, right? Exactly. So uh, just very sad. Uh, other things that have been going on: American Horror Story season nine started this week. Is it any good? Have you seen it? Actually, so it really is. So I was never a real big fan of American Horror Story. The first eight seasons, I would kind of check in and out. They never tie in with each other necessarily they on the whole. They have continuity, but they don't. They're right. just reoccurring themes. Like, I watched 
part of the first season, and I got some buddies that are psychiatrists and psychologists, and the number one thing, you don't have a fucking patient come to your house. That's a very bad idea. Like, you should tell that to Billy Crystal. Oh, yeah, exactly. This. Exactly. <laughs> oh, and what about Bob Richard Dreyfus? Well, he, he oh, didn't. He, he tried to real fucking hard. I yeah. had Bill Murray come over and his goldfish. He was he was totally like fucking put the pause on that. But this season's actually really cool. I started it from the get go. What's the theme? It's 1984. It's set up in That's a, a dumb year. It's set up in like a summer camp. So you kind of this is basically the first eight seasons very much had to do with like haunted carnivals and ghosts and haunted houses and, and shit bees like that. And in like yeah, like devil worshiping and witch covens. This one grabbed me because it's a straight slasher you got this killer running around at camp redwood um called mr jingles but at the same time since it's 1984 that's set in california you also have the real richard ramirez the night stalker i love that guy also like in the area it's pretty good i've only seen uh now at during this recording there have been two episodes it's got emma roberts in it from fucking uh uh scream four yes. and uh scream queens yes exactly oh that's a good connection which was also a really good show they did the kind of same thing they had like a season then they ended it and then they did like another season where it was a different premise i didn't follow through with the second season it's um, kind of hard to watch some of these like horror movie tv shows they're either really good or really bad in the 90s they had a really cool one that it was i think it was only for one season it was called american gothic and it was like 1991 oh, i'm drawing 92. a blank on that man it was a pretty good one but then like if you watch the scream tv series that's all you dog. It was I saw hard that mask to watch. and my fucking heart fell yeah, out they of my butt. Use a different mask until like the third season when the real ghost face shows up. You can't alienate up. your audio. Well, I mean, I mean, he really he shows up like, and so that's like no, okay. it's just a mask because it changes from movie to movie. Right, it's not the real ghost face. It's not like Billy Loomis or anything, but it's like someone actually wearing the real ghost face mask who finally shows up in like season three. Of Scream. But either way, it's not it's not great. I wouldn't recommend it. Does, like, the Rizza and the Jizza show up, or? The Rizza, the Jizza, the Wu-Tang Clan. The Ghost Face Killer! <laughs> Bringing me the Wu. That's flying that real W. <laughs> uh, other TV shows that are on, uh, that have been coming out. Uh, Shudder, if anybody is knows about Shudder, Shudder is a streaming service similar to Netflix or Hulu, but it's strictly horror-based. Except a thousand times better. They have fucking wizards that, what's that word, choreograph, cytography, colonate. They they pick great movies? Yeah, that's the ticket. Um, con- sure, I don't know. Continental Divide. But it's a, so I know that you subscribed for several months, right? Dude, it's like five bucks a month. That's cheaper than a pack of smokes. Um, and they have they have a lot of fucking treasures on there. They got a ton of like stuff that I've never heard of before. They have too. the Wolf Creek TV show, and that's John Jarrett. That's the dude that said I look like a school shooter. Well, you do, and he ain't wrong. I'm kidding. I have no class. But it's a really cool. Oh. It's a really cool program. And what's really neat is you don't even need a subscription if you just want to check it out. They run 24 seven live streams of their movies. Here's the thing: if you go there and you don't have a subscription, and you just check out the live streaming TV. You might you're gonna jump in wherever whatever movie they're streaming wherever it's at so you can't rewind it or pause it or fast forward you're just watching it as it goes so you might catch like the werewolf howls at midnight like 30 minutes in and then you finish it and then all of a sudden it's like you know night of the creeps and you're like oh really cool love this movie and then it might be something else like the wasps woman or some shit like that <laughs> it's true it's that random yeah it's just it changes up actually they broke it down now to if you're just visiting the site you have three categories to choose from There's oh like nice shutter picks and then like a slasher one and then a 
kind of a free-for-all. And they do, they group their stuff since it's all horror instead of doing it by genre. They do like slashix and there we go. haunted houses. It's pretty cool. The reason we're talking about it, though, is they've got a new creep show. I fucking love creep show. It's going to be six episodes. Uh, each episode is an hour long, and each segment, there's going to be two segments in there that's going to be, you know, 25 minutes, 30 minutes for Let's each segment. Let's pretend for a second like our listeners don't know what creep show is. Creep show, if you don't know, was a uh, collaboration between Stephen King and several of his short stories and George A. Romero of the zombie fame. Night of the Living Dead, Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead. And it is a big, fat love letter to the old EC uh, comics like Tales from the Crypt, The Vault of Horror, the whatever the third thing is. And the well, because one... it is, I mean, it's very much The Vault of Horror because you've got the... Right. The, 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 or the, like, what's well, not The Vault of Horror, but it's the, you got the creeper who, like, similar to the yeah. Tales from the Crypt, Crypt Keeper kind of thing, uh, like the old hag who kind of watches over everything. It's very cool. It's got Tom Atkins... In Without the original movie? a mustache, yeah, really fucks you and up. he's beating Stephen King's kid around, and then when his wife tries to step, he's just like, "That's why God made fathers." And I don't know. It's kinda... it's a really good. If you've never seen the original Creepshow, check it out. It's got Ted Danson, Leslie Nielsen, Leslie Nielsen. Are we missing Ed Harris? Yeah. There's just Fuzzy a... the Crate Monster. <laughs> Stephen motherfucking King is Jody Vera. The Lonely Death of Jody Vera, my favorite segment in that movie. They even have a sequel, Creep Show 2. It's it not is, bad. It's fun. It's not as good. There are not as many stories as no, in the original. You get three opposed to five. Um you can kind of tell it's not running off the same um word I can't think of. So this new one, it's got like I think the first episode, like the first segment's written by Stephen King. Then everybody else, like either a famous director or uh, a horror movie novelist or something of that nature has written a segment and then has gotten it directed. So it's very interesting. It's not all based on Stephen King, but it is in the creep show universe. So it's pretty cool. They actually, uh, we're going to start streaming it on Friday, the 27th of September, but they got a little impatient and just decided, fuck it. And they just dropped the first episode for everybody to watch for free on like Wednesday. It was real good. I know they were talking about doing a prequel to The Crate. I think that's like the fourth segment in the uh, the first movie. But more importantly, Rob Scrab. I've been saying his last name wrong my entire life. Rob Scrab is the creator of Scud the Disposable Assassin. He's wrote in a few episodes, or at least has something to do with Rick and Morty. And he's definitely directed a couple episodes of The Community. So what does Rob Scrab have to do with The Creep Show? Oh, he's like writing or directing an episode or something. Oh, is he? And I'm fucking pumped because like that's cool. That dude could shit in a cardboard can... box, and I'd be like, you. Yeah. I didn't do it, but I know you can go online and find like a breakdown of who has written what what segments and stuff like that, and you can recognize the names for sure. I, I definitely recognized a few. What is what's really neat though is they got a bunch of big name actors just solid with the original group. So you got David Arquette, uh, Adrian Barbeau, John Carpenter's ex wife, Big Boy. Oh yeah, from Speaker Box Love Below, you know Outcast. Uh, I don't think Luda does, and Andre 2000 does, but you're going to love this next one. My favorite and yours, a Mr. Jeffy Combs. Oh, motherfucking Jeffy Combs, yeah. dude. So we got Jeffrey Combs in there. So The man, the legend, the treasure. They got a big, like, star-studded cast. It looks really good. The first episode that I saw was fantastic, so I recommend everybody to check it out. It's just catered to the horror movie audience. Yeah. Like, it's a big, fat nod kind of thing. It's kind of like when YouTube dropped the Karate Kid miniseries. It's like, look, like... Maybe you're not into YouTube Red, but check this shit out at least for a month until you can get the finish the show. Then we also have a new TV show. We do. Nickelodeon is bringing back a miniseries for Are You Afraid of the Dark? Ooh, 
and it looks creepy. I actually saw the trailer for this and was very surprised at how dark and scary this looks for actually still being a Nickelodeon show. It's going to be like three, only three episodes, and basically they're like bringing in a new girl to join the Midnight Society, and she tells a story of like a haunted carnival, and then all of a sudden it like shows up in town, and all these kids start dying and missing. Whoa. I, uh, so I guess it's like post-Invader Zim Nickelodeon kind of thing. Yeah. When that shit went down, they're just like, Fuck it, we don't care. Kill a kid. <laughs> it's pretty good. Uh, these three TV shows have actually just kind of blown my mind. I haven't seen, obviously, the Are You Afraid of the Dark is not out yet, but the first Creep Show was good. American Horror Story was really good. And what was really surprising about this one is it is graphic. I was like, okay, first five minutes, I'm probably not going to see much, and it's a TV show, even though it's on FX. Instantly, knife through somebody's skull. Man, you F- see the whole thing. X gets away with some shit. Like I think it, it is, is always bloody. sunny. They they can say fuck now. Really? I think everything except for cunt. I haven't seen the new season on Always Sunny. Just started. I, I haven't seen that. it either. I love that. That's the best show. Oh, I, I'm just hero get... or hate crime. Check it out. Always Sunny. <laughs> Check it out. Best episode ever. Oh fuck. Uh, so I'm gonna give another shout out to Shutter, like they're gonna sponsor us at any point. So if you've ever seen to I like fucking found footage is played, it's dead. Except 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 if you can find a rare nugget, a jewel like Hellhouse LLC. Did you ever see these? No. Oh shit, dude. Uh so you're in for a fucking treat. So on Shutter, the third movie in the series just dropped. I think it is exclusive to Shutter. And uh, I haven't seen it. It's It might be terrible. I could be hyping a piece of shit for all I know. But, and they're found footage movies? Yeah, but they're good. It's That's like, okay. That most recent Blair Witch was kind of found footage, and I liked it. We saw it in And theater. it was free! Yeah. It was actually pretty good. It was better than the original, for sure. And way better than the sequel, Book of Shadows. Don't you fucking talk shit on Book of Shadows. <laughs> I will I will finish <laughs> talking about Hell House LLC off off the fucking air. I don't want to chat all these poor bastards ears off cuz uh... uh our last bit of news is um the West Craven family has received the rights, the US distribution rights for the Nightmare on Elm Street series property and franchise. So Friday the Krueger and all that stuff. Basically the way the the law is written is the law. Uh, the writers or whoever's uh, overseeing the um, estate of the original writer and creator can reclaim ownership of their work after 35 years. And 2019 marks the 35th year since the original Elm Street. The oversee rights, so anything that's distributed anywhere else outside of the U.S., still belongs to Warner Brothers and New Line, uh, just like the Friday the 13th stuff does. So like Ugh. right now, that's currently in a stupid lawsuit. But Larry Zenner, get at us. Bring us up to speed on that shit. But like New Line, they still own the overseas distributions. What is interesting, though, is that there's no third party that's fucking this up. So like the Friday the 13th franchise, the way this lawsuit is working is that Victor Miller and Horror Incorporated, which is run by Sean Cunningham, are having a battle about who owns the rights. We've got Sean Cunningham, who was the director of the original Friday the 13th. You've got Victor Miller, who wrote the script and screenplay. Both are claiming that they own the rights to this movie to Jason to Pamela Voorhees to the name Camp Crystal Lake and all this stuff and it, it's really convoluted super fucking complicated and I think like even New New Line and Paramount are part of this so it's a four-way fuck fest and yeah for the for the U.S. rights real talk 
I don't give a shit about any of this. Bring me a new fucking movie or keep bringing me kick-ass fan films. They're just, this whole thing is basically fucking the fans over because we're sitting waiting for new movies to be released. We can't even get new fucking toys. Yeah, it's, it's affected books? licenses video for toys, games? licenses, comic books. The Friday 13th video game that, that hurt came the out most, two man. years ago has been affected by it. They have all this fucking crazy DLC that will never see the light of day. They can't until... even talk about it. Oh my God, right? Like they've been fucking hit with a gag order. So did you hear... I think I told you this, but... Well, I was about to mention... Kane Hodder on Blast. No. Oh, shit. So there was a con a while back kind of thing, and, like, Kane Hodder's like... Somebody's like, Hey, Kane, what's up with the Friday the 13th game? Why why can't you do anything? And then, like, Sean Cunningham is, like, in earshot. He goes, Because some greedy old bastards won't play ball. And I'm just like... That was me humming the national anthem in case you guys couldn't hear it. We're on the side of Victor Miller in this in this point. Uh, he, he, I didn't realize Sean Cunningham was was the villain here. Yeah, he's been fucking. And we actually started out hating Victor Miller and being behind Sean yes. Cunningham, but Fuck Larry Victor Zerner, Miller. <laughs> Larry Zerner, who plays Shelley in Part Three, is actually who a is Hollywood an amazing, lawyer. Amazing, amazingly nice dude. He's a super sweetheart. He can put up with Doug Benson, right? Oh, we'll get into that when we do the Friday Thirteenth Part Three one day. But he's a entertainment Hollywood lawyer, and he actually tweets out every time it's going on. This isn't his case. He has nothing to do with it, but he knows that fans love him and trust him. So he hits them with all the knowledge and basically dumbs it down for us. Uh, and then he even posts links to like the, uh, the the court transcripts and stuff like that. So if like somebody has knowledge, they could read it. He's really up on the ball with it. Zern Dog is like our patron saint of Friday the 13th. Right. Yeah, it's fantastic. Everybody is blank dog for the record. So that's all I have for the news. Um, with that being said, I think we uh, need to jump into Slaughter High. So we talked we're going to take you to Doddsville. Uh, before we get started, Mike, when and where was the first time you saw Slaughter High? All right, so a million years ago on either TBS or TNT, one of those beautiful Turner um, broadcasting channels, um, I think I saw it was either 100% weird or I saw it off a of Monster Vision, but it was about a good 2.30 in the morning. Had to be 100% weird because I... Because Angry Video Game Nerd has the list of like all the Monster Visions, and I don't remember Slaughter High being on there. But he might not have had them all, but he's had... No, I dude, it's James Rolfe. That dude knows what the fuck he's doing. Had to be 100% weird. I remember 100% weird. I caught Night of the Lepuses off of that one night. The one with the killer rabbits? Yes. <laughs> uh, that's a pretty funny movie to watch. You, they just don't make movies like that anymore. Right? For obvious reasons. Like frogs. Oh, shit, dude. Except they didn't accidentally release... You know, a thousand poison rabbits in in, in Texas, but they released all those. No, they did. It's frogs. based on a true story. <laughs> uh, so I watched it on Monster Vision. Like I was just, it was like two thirty in the morning or something. I guess like my dad left the TV on on the way out the door for a pack of cigarettes, and we're, then he never came back. We're still waiting for him. He's like, I saved up enough Marvel miles to tell my family to fuck off. No, <laughs> and then he bought that. He bought that kayak and just took it down the Mississippi. Oh. <laughs> got a little sad Go no on. and it was just on tv and i was like what is this this is i i kind of hear the music i'm like "Ooh, this is friday the 13th ish and um well here we are uh jeff how about you hot dog so i was doing some research back in like 2011 about like best horror movies you've never seen best slashers you've never seen which is my favorite genre of horror movie there's just something about a flesh and blood killer, whether he's a zombie like the later Jason movies or he's undead, not a zombie. Zombie would mean that he eats brains. Okay. And we're back. 
Well, no, because the Romero zombies don't eat brains. It's the fuck your face. Return they don't. Living Dead zombies that eat brains. No, Romero zombies eat everything. Fuck your face. Anywho, I was well, looking up different shit. slasher like slasher movies that I had never seen before. So I came across like Deep Red and things like that. Are we get into the Jalo categories. No, 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 no. Just, just giving a reference, frame, frame of reference here. Yes, and. Slaughter High came up, and then I talked to Nachos and Werewolf about it, and he's like, oh, dude, you've never seen it. You've got to check it out. So he gave me the rundown. So I went home that night, hooked up my tablet, and downloaded a totally legit version of the movie um, on my tablet, and then hooked it up to my TV because the tablet could do that. And we like Mike came, or Nachos came over and we just watched it. You slept. Oh, my bad. Now they know it. It's Mikey Venture. Look, Eric, quit fucking up. AKA Dum Dum. AKA My Pet Idiot. Looks Salsa Van. Or Von. Salsa Von Mummy. <laughs> we got to talk about that later. I'll just call you that shit the rest of the episode. <laughs> so I downloaded it. I hooked it up to my TV. Uh, Nachos came over and we watched it, and I just fell in love. I actually thought Watched this was a really fun movie. Watched it all night long. I thought it was uh, maybe not on par with The Burning. Uh, it's as not far a as thinking man's movie. No. It's just to turn your brain off, throw a couple beers back with your buds, tie them to a fucking chair or whatever, and then watch Force the them to watch it. Yes. It's actually fun. really fun. It really is. So uh, to get into it, this is not on our Hello Nasty list. You know, the Hello Nasty. Oh, shit. Um, but, uh, it is just one of the movies. So we're not always going to do videos that are off the hello nasty list. We just also want to do ones that we like or that we just think that need to be covered. Cause we don't hate ourselves that much. Yeah. Not all of those, uh, movies on the hello nasty list are, uh, gems. Some Whoa. of them are hard to get through. Oh my God. And you'll find out. Stick with us. Yeah. Um, director George Doug Dale, Mark Ezra and Peter Linton. So, three fucking directors on this That's movie. how you know a movie's good and everything worked out the way it was supposed to. Right? All right. You ready to meet our casualties? Mm-hmm. So, we've got Simon Scudamore, who plays Marty Ranson. This is his only acting credit. What happened to him? Um, He committed suicide before the movie was finished. Why are you making shit so dark? You're talking about dead celebrities and people killing themselves? I think he... So, I think it took a little while for them to make the movie. I think he committed suicide around 84, 85, and the movie didn't come out until 86. Uh, and we'll and we'll get into that a little later in the trivia. But he did... He apparently suffered from, de- from depression, and he took a bunch of pills and a bunch of if alcohol. If I had a dick like that, I wouldn't be depressed. According to his mom during the funeral, he had a really good time making this movie, and it wasn't being... A part of the movie that was the downfall for him, he just obviously had some problems. So, like, all the abuse and the bullying was a good time for him? Yeah, he apparently had a really good time. Fair enough. We have Caroline Monroe, who plays Carol Manning. This chick was 35, playing a 18-year-old, and it shows. Uh, she was in several different movies. It's kind of crazy, because she actually had a bunch of horror movies under her wrap. She but Maniac? She was... She was in Maniac. Okay. She was she was in The Spy Who Loved Me. Yes. She was in Maniac, the 1980s version. Sing the song. She was in the last horror film. Oh, that's also another are, spin-off flick. Yeah, both Where he's getting Joe high with his mom. Films. Yep. And then she was in a little movie called Don't Open Till Christmas. What's up with all these don'ts in fucking movies? We next have Carmine Inacone. I don't know. It's, it's very Italian. He plays Skip Pollock. Yeah, he fucking does. Look at him. He was in a bunch of like comedies after this he was in like made to order and split decisions and then he was on moonlighting which was a tv show with um bruce willis bruce willis yeah then we have donna yeager who played stella she was in one movie called strong medicine other than this 
Uh, Gary Martin plays Joe. He was in a couple horror movies. He was in The Living Doll, ton of TV series where he did like voice acting. He was also in Shock Treatment. You know about Shock Treatment? That's the uh, sequel to a Rocky Horror, right? That's right. I never seen. Uh, it I never saw it. Bad sequel. It is awful. Well, is the Rocky Horror that great to start with? It's got meatloaf. Pissing off your fans. It's got meatloaf. They yeah. can't see me so looking my at you. Eighth grade but cafeteria. You can... What's up, dog? <laughs> my mom was a fucking lunch lady. They can't Real see talk. me looking at you, but you can see me looking at you. That fucking movie has meatloaf. I love meatloaf. We were Nachos and I were at a drive-in watching. Nightmare on Elm Street, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and Halloween. It was a three. It was a three pack, right? Yeah. And on the other screen, they were showing like kitty movies, like Casper. Um, well, fuck it. We're here. Let's just plug what it is. It's the uh, High Point. It's uh, the High Point Drive-In Season and Horror Fest in Bevel. In Bel in Bell Vegas, Illinois. Illinois. So the other scene was showing Hocus Pocus, Casper, mm-hmm. and Rock Horror Picture Show. And I leave because. I wanted to see the meatloaf scene where he's like singing and I'm like watching by myself, smoking cigarettes and just enjoying my drink. And then nachos comes up and it's to scare the shit out of me. He starts picking on me, but I'm like, dude, I love this scene. I love meatloaf. I'm a big fan of meatloaf. We're getting sidetracked. I apologize, but I love me some meatloaf. But Jeffy Weiss is meatloaf. Yeah. Well, my scale reminds me how much I like meatloaf every time I stand on it. Uh, we have, wait, hold up. If we're talking about meatloaf, you ever try like getting white castle and adding them to the fucking, the mix. Like you, you break down the sliders into the white, that's into... how they make like the White Castle stuffing on Thanksgiving. I never heard that in meatloaf. Can you throw me that pillow? My butt's falling asleep. Yeah, because I'm going to smother you with it. Smother you in gravy, big man. Sorry, guys. We don't have the most comfortable chairs down oh here. Oh, my God. Recording. But you're sitting in my Bon Jovi chair, man. It's like a nice padded chair. I've got this It's like bad medicine, shit. dude. <laughs> <laughs> well, bad medicine is what he needed. Did you not listen to the song? Bad medicine, it hurts my butt. Getting back to the up. casualties, we've got uh, Billy Hartman, who plays Frank. He was in the Highlander. Whoa. Yeah, he was one of the guys during like the Connor McLeod uh, scenes back in Scotland, so like in the past, and he was on a bunch of TV shows. Kelly Baker, who plays Nancy, she was also in Don't Open Until Christmas with uh, Caroline Monroe. Which one was Nancy? Was she the fucking... Um... Oh, we're going to get to Nancy. There's so many characters. There is a lot. So, like, I actually have a pretty big list here because there is a large group of people. Michael Safran, who plays Ted Harrison. John Siegel plays Carl Putney. Sally Cross plays Susan. Wait, there's a fucking Carl in this movie? Mm-hmm. Okay. Anyway. Josephine Scandy plays Shirley. Mark Smith plays the coach. Dick Randall plays Manny. And John Clark plays Digby. Uh, this is actually pretty cool. Uh, Digby was the only other one. So, if you notice... I didn't say any movies these other people started in because they hadn't. They literally had done nothing else but this movie. John Clark plays Digby. He was the janitor in the movie. Yeah. He Groundskeeper. was the producer on this movie and another movie that we're definitely going to get to one day called Pieces. I fuck. Did you see the Pieces? Yes, because okay. there's some connection. Yeah, we're going to get there. I fucking love Pieces. All right, so onto the release. Movie was released in November of 1986. Uh, it was a... Pretty decent year for horror movies. Not a ton, but uh, there were some good ones. One that actually conflicts with this movie. So we've got Night of the Creeps, The Fly. I love The Fly. Friday the 13th, Part VI. <laughs> Chopping Mall. I can't wait to do that. Dude, that movie's fucking There's so, so many movies I can't wait to do. Uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. A fucking masterpiece. Sorority House Massacre. Body Count, which is uh, an 86 film, it has nothing to do with the Ice-T band. And it's actually really hard to find because it was an Italian slasher filmed here. 
Uh, it's pretty good. I, was gonna, I don't think I know that one. The other two that came out, one of your favorites and mine, Deadly Friend. <laughs> it's a Wes Craven. It's a Wes Craven flick, which is funny. With Mama Fratelli. From, right? And uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer's in there. That's right. And then the other movie, April Fool's Day. So we'll, we'll get into that and why that conflicted with this one. That'd be a good double feature. Oh, yeah. So how to watch it. So there's the original VHS, and there are several DVDs of it. There's a 2009 Lionsgate DVD that's like the unrated supercut. Then there is an uncut version that was released in 2011 on a four-film collection, along with My Best Friend is a Vampire, Repossessed, which is a... Treasure. funny remake of the exorcist with leslie nielsen so basically like the naked gun version of the it, exorcist yeah it's definitely in vain of like the airplane kind of vibe and then silent night deadly night part three better watch out that is the most fucking random mishmash of movies. why silent night deadly night three and that's what's funny is that's the only way that i've ever found silent night deadly night three on dvd is through this three pack i've never seen it i'm not even sure if it exists in other formats other I than i think VHS. that was like trimark yeah, I think it was, too. Well, because I know Lionsgate did all of these, so I'm not sure they licensed it out. I'm waiting for that angry fucking email, like, actually, guys, you're fucking tripping. It was TriStar. So then Arrow Video did a special edition in 2011. Then we have another DVD release, which is another compilation through Lionsgate in 2012 on an eight-horror film DVD, which also includes... That's class, what I started with. Class of 1999, Waxwork. <laughs> fucking Ghoulies 3! 976 Evil 2... The Unholy, Chud 2, Bud the Chud, and then Bud the Chud. Ghoulies 3, Ghoulies Go to College, and Chopping Mall. Then the final way to watch it that I watched it, and, and Nachos watched it, was the Vestron Video Blu-ray, which had a ton of special features, uh, some commentary. It was, it was really good. I, I really, really enjoyed it. I don't like how those guys like uh, Aero Video and, and Vestron, especially Vestron, they try to jack it up an extra five bucks. It's like... It's like ten bucks. This is... Chud 2. I'm not paying $35. There is no scenario. You could have my parents fucking held hostage at gunpoint. I'm not buying Chud 2. Yeah, you can have special commentary where like the director is reviewing my baby pictures, and I'm not going to pay this money. It Mostly when you get Arrow and Vestron, those Blu-rays start at like 30 bucks. Look, I'm just, I'm an old man. I like old ways. Video games should cost 50 bucks and no more. Blu-rays, DVDs, movies should cost no more than $20. I mean, if you're bringing me something with like a special tin case, hey, right. tack on a couple bucks. But this is just, it's a single Blu-ray. It's not a Blu-ray DVD double pack or anything like that. And it, while it does have special features, I don't feel that it warrants the extra 15 or even $10. I don't want to start at $30 and go up. I actually got the Blu-ray on sale on Amazon Prime for 20 bucks. And I was very happy to pay that. Right. But I already owned it on two of the DVD compilations. And it was the same cut of the film. And while Blu-ray is nice, it was only a little bit better in quality. The DVDs are just fine. You can see everything. It has some features on there. I didn't I'm not going to split hairs with you on that, but uh, <clears throat> I think you're wrong. I'm wrong? You're wrong. Also, finally, you can watch this on Tubi. We plugged Tubi last time. Oh, Let's do it again. fucking Tubi. This is on Tubi currently for free. So if you just want to log into Tubi and watch it, you can totally do it that way. It's a pretty good program for sure. You know what else is on Tubi? Fucking Project Metal Beast. Spread the gospel like your butt cheeks. Watch that motherfucking movie. <laughs> Every time we bring up Tubi, you're just going to bring up that movie. <laughs> right? Until fucking Project Metal Beast shows up at my house. All right. No, the monster, not the movie. I don't believe you. All right, cool. <laughs> All right, so on to our next segment, Horsing Around with Maniacs, where we uh, give you the plot of the movie. 
We get a small opening credit scene before the title card pops up. And this very catchy theme song plays. This song is super cool. It is done by... So it's Harry Manfredini. Harry Manfredini, who is of what fame, Nachos? Oh, jeez, buddy. Uh, he's killing it in the Friday the 13th series. I think, like, when you get to eight, they dub him over with some synthed out bullshit. He's like one through, or two through seven, or is it one through seven? One through seven. This guy did, like, all the opening movies. Here's the crazy thing about this song, and why I'm even mentioning it, is that I'm telling you about how great this song is and how catchy it is for Slaughter High, and they even use the fact that he worked on the Friday the 13th to plug him in like the trailer where it's like, from the makers of Friday the 13th. It's it like, has well, nothing to do with Vincent Miller, actually, Sean Cunningham, or Incorporated. It's just Harry Manfredini. From a dude who did a thing in a movie. Okay. He made some music. But here's the crazy thing. I could not hum or tell you like how a Friday the 13th theme song goes. I have like the stuff like in my head. Right? And I can do the Alice Cooper song from part six. But this is not the karaoke episode. I apologize. But this song is very catchy. It It is more memorable and iconic, in my opinion, than any of the Friday the 13th songs. Whoa! Hey, man, it may not hold up the test of time, but this song really sticks with you. It's got, one, it's got a really good hook. It's got lyrics. It melts your fucking face. And it's it's like metal. It starts out with that synth. Uh, So, this song is so good. In the parallel universe, I was a stripper. I would come out to this song. And it would just fucking shred, and I would uh, paint my face like a juggalo, <laughs> while while this you know the set was going on. This would be a very long set because I, I I have a pay attention to detail, and I would tie a bottle rocket to my penis. So this song would be going on, and I'd be playing and air just guitar. The windmill. It's like, <clears throat> but then like at the end of the set, after the the song ends, it explodes and blows the head off my cock. <laughs> so there's that. So you could just do it the one time. It's a great trick, but I can only do it once. <laughs> I think you should do half Juggalo, half like one of the members of Kiss. A fair Juggalo. Like you're like like Shaggy Two Dope and Star Child. No, I'll be the fucking wizard, the unk. You remember like the two members of Kiss and what he talks about? The fox and the the wizard. Yeah, they were like later members. Uh, I think they're sub members. Anyway, stay on target. Stay on target. <laughs> no, I don't. Back to the movie. Nobody does. Uh, we then get a cut to a large sign for Doddsville County High School in front of this old asylum-looking building. It doesn't even look like a high school. Oh, you mean uh, Xavier's Institute of Higher Learning? Xavier's Institute School, the where we cut fucking keep people chained up. The Institute of nobody fucking treats the grass so it's dead all the time? Yeah, the School of Tetanus. <laughs> <laughs> so we have a large body of students running around on the outside and the intercom starts going off as the principal's giving announcements of what's happening and he's telling everybody that the track meet's going to start soon. Um, and it introduces us to our scene, again, while this awesome song is just playing the whole time. We cut inside to the school. We have this beautiful 18-year-old, air quotes, she's clearly in her fucking 30s, probably on her second cesarean Dude, birth. if chicks look like that in high school, I would just be fucking wearing adult diapers full of jizz all day. <laughs> I can't believe this is she's supposed to be uh, like a teen. So it's Carol. Suspension to disbelieve. Right. She's 100% older than everybody else. Apparently she just failed like ninth grade 
40 times. She lost her dunce cap, That's and so she's just upset about it. That math doesn't even make sense, but hey, I don't give a shit. Move it to Collinsville. What do you want? She's leading around this lanky, nerdy, geeky guy named Marty. She's telling Marty that he's going to go with her and get laid. While Marty is bragging about all his sexual conquests, and he's like, saying the goofy shit like, I'm a sex machine. I'm a fucking pussy slayer, bitch. You can't <laughs> hang. As they pass by a doorway, several other students are looking secretly out into the hall. And they come out as Marty and Carol pass by, and they start laughing, saying shit like, she's got him. He's totally hooked. And all the while, they're holding, like, video equipment and, like, a car battery. One guy's got a javelin. The other kid's wearing a, holding a mask. These kids are new ner-do-wells. And this is a big group of kids. It's like every person I fucking mentioned earlier. And so letting you in on the joke, uh, they're obviously clearly setting Marty up for, like, a big prank. And before the scene ends, we get this clear shot of, like, the calendar as, like, somebody peels a number back and it lets you know that today is April 1st. Oh, what day is it? An April Fool's Day! Right? So Carol and Marty uh, go to the girls' locker room, and Marty kind of starts to chicken out. So Carol convinces him that everything's going to be fine. All the other students are at the track meet. He's got nothing to worry about. Carol convinces Marty to strip down as the goon squad <clears throat> begins to show up outside to pull their prank on Marty. Uh, they get a knock on the door, and Marty then hides inside one of the showers. This bit, do you have it written down? Well, I'm getting there. All right. Uh, so Marty's hiding in the shower as they come in, and Carol's like loudly holding a conversation with Susan, who is one of the kids in the group, but she's pretending to be the only person in the room, um, about how she's not into jocks anymore, and she's really looking forward to you know getting with somebody else. And Susan pretends to leave as all the other kids around her are like, getting ready uh, for the prank that Marty's kind of, you know doesn't know that he's in on and all the time marty's in the shower and there's this graffiti on the wall that says marty ranson sucks and marty sees it and is looking at it and unfazed by marty what does he do he pulls out a sharpie and draws a line through the s so marty no longer sucks marty fucks (laughs) marty ranson fucks good for you buddy right so Susan pretends to leave, and Carol convinces Marty that they're alone again. I think he, we're alone now. He begins to undress, and he pulls out this fucking crazy thing that I... I'm sorry. It I looked, didn't know what it was. I thought I put down that it's a weird condom, but... I, technically, you're not wrong. I would have gone with it kind of looks like a jellyfish, too. It is a French tickler. I've never really seen, I guess, a French tickler. I've only ever just obviously yeah, heard about it. Yeah, you wouldn't, it. you fucking prude. But this fucking thing, no, because we hang each other with belts, and then we're about to climax, we let it go. That's how we fuck. We carotene out. So, I've never seen something like this before. It's just this huge, wing-tipped fucking long, giant condom, and if it fits Marty, kudos to fucking Marty, because he's got a horse cock, and it's, it's, it's like yellow at one end, and then like pink at the tip, and there's like all these like nipples hanging nodules that i guess are part of the french tickling it's fucking crazy looking so marty pulls this out and i'm a pro asinine like hey i'm ready for this and at this time we see like the final setup for the prank where the crew has got the camera and they're gonna film marty they attach a car battery to the towel rack one guy's holding a javelin, and another guy puts on a mask, but it's like an old man face, and it's got a jester head on. It's Mr. Six from Six Flags. <laughs> no, it isn't. Right. So it's this old man's face, but he's got a jester head on it. It's part of the mask, and like the mask has bells at the end and shit like that. Uh, it's kind of weird looking. 
And then Carol tells Marty she's ready. She, like, tosses her bra over at him. But it's not even a real bra. It's a bra somebody gave her. Uh, you know, like, hey, you know, we're going to get fucked. And Marty's like, Carol, just I just want to let you know before we get started, this is the best birthday I ever had. She, you see the kind of, she's a slightly hesitant. Carol's like, Marty, today's your birthday? Your birthday's April 1st? And he's like, yeah, why? And while this is all going on, the janitor, who we later learn is Digsby, uh, spots the group, like, fucking around, both guys and girls, inside the uh, girls' locker room. And he goes to it tell the coach. Finch Tickler. <laughs> That's exactly. <laughs> Not just I'm taking a picture. picture of that. That's Instagram material, baby. FNA. So Carol finally pulls back the curtain, and Marty is fully exposed naked. Everyone shouts, April Fools! Where's the beast? And then, yeah, then they start, sh- like, shooting Marty with a fire extinguisher. Right in the dick hole. Right, and they follow up with the chant of, where's the beef? Where's the beef? Which is really weird. I mean, it's an 80s movie. I get it. It's, I, I, I got you, dog. So, where's the beef is from Wendy's commercials in the 80s. It's like, this chick. Was it Wendy's or Burger King? Uh, I'm gonna go Wendy's. And if yeah, I'm wrong, fucking, you know, light me up. I mean, it, it's so iconic. They even reference it in the stuff. Where's the stuff? I cannot wait till we do the stuff. It's an old lady. It's like several ladies in a commercial, and they go to like a like a room, and they pull out, like they open up a hamburger, and they see like this tiny ass bun under the or tiny ass patty under this big ass bun, and she's like, "Where's the beef?" It was a big catchphrase in the eighties. I mean, and I get it, right? Uh, it's just really weird for this. It's very homoerotic and kind of uncomfortable. Because they're, like, torturing Marty. The, they proceed to, like, poke him with the javelin, which causes Marty to run away. And he goes to grab the towel rack because he's trying to get his clothes back on. And since that's hooked to a fucking car battery, it just shocks the shit out of his bare ass. That is, like, a very lucky scenario. Like, oh, we'll hook it up to a car battery. and They lucked out. That's right? what it was. So the guys then pick up fucking naked Marty, and they give him a swirly. And they're, like, chanting and laughing as they're fucking dunking his naked ass with his big-ass dick flopping in the fucking wind, just dumping his head in the fucking toilet and fucking flushing on him. Five minutes into this movie, I've seen a man's nutsack, I've seen a man's uncircumcised penis, and I've seen this man's asshole. Thanks, Slaughter High. <laughs> hey, man, if you're going to get the tits, you might as well get the dick. That's true. Then the coach comes in, and he fucking breaks up the shenanigans. I fucking love this coach so much. Does he remind you of Mr. Eshman? He does. He looks and acts just like fucking Mr. Eshman from Consulville High. Well, Mr. Eshman sounded more like Stone Cold. I, I don't know. I, it sounds like Mr. Eshman. I heard that dude, like, in his garage, how people have punching bags. He has refrigerators. That he just beats? Yeah, I saw him suplex a mailbox once. <laughs> um, we were actually buddies. He's a pretty cool dude. Oh, I'm not dogging him. I swear to God, if you tell him that I, I don't, don't tell him anything about this because I don't want that dude to just punch a fucking hole through me. Oh, he just appeared behind you, Johnson. <gasps> Push-ups. So, next scene, everybody's pissed and they're fucking blaming Marty for getting caught and, you know, punished by the coach because he gives him detention. Like, they're the ones that fucking pulled the prank on Marty. They're, like, effectively fucking just screwing with this kid in the worst possible way. They're giving him fucking electroshock and, like, Marty's the asshole? Because the coach found him? I don't think so. I love it when the gym teacher shows up. He's uh, comes in and drops the hammer on all the bullies. He says, by the way, Ratzner, what are you doing in the girls' locker room in this state of undress? Like, <laughs> and then that fucking bitch Stella is like, that stupid fucking dark Marty, it's all his fault. It's like, no, bitch. I'm pretty sure you, like, 
traumatically, mentally, and dramatically tortured a poor nerd who wasn't doing anything. This is like Carrie-type level vibe shit. Yeah, she... She's Actually, a bitch I, I think movie. Carrie got it easy compared to what Marty got. Oh, Marty gets it fucking wrong. And I think fucking Alfred from The Burning should have got this treatment. <laughs> Alfred was a perv. He's a fucking creep. Look at him. Marty was just there. This fucking kids are bored. And Marty has high hopes. High apple pie in the sky hopes? Qua? Sinatra. Oh. He's got high hopes. He's this is the fucking karaoke episode. You get a couple drinks in us, and we're fucking nightingales. Oh, I mean, it's it's from Rocky Balboa. It was in the Goof Troop movie. Anyway, moving on. The coach makes everyone but Marty head to the gym for detention. Wait, wait. When he throws him that sweater, it's like, cover up your dingus, and he's running. You can just see his ass crack as he's like, he does. Marty Jerry Lewis yeah. running out the door. Marty leaves the locker room. He doesn't even grab his own clothes. The fucking takes the coach's sweater and just covers his dick while his ass is just hanging out like a fucking hospital gown. And so now we're in detention. Everybody's there except for Marty. And the coach is like berating him for being assholes. And he makes him do push-ups. Good. Fuck all of them. Right. These 40-year-old sociopaths. And then that fucking meathead is smoking. He's it's like, a cool school. I guess, dude. If I was that gym teacher, I'd fucking slide that cigarette down his throat. So two of the gang aren't there, and the coach notices it. They hang back, and they start fucking with Marty again. They're apologizing, apologizing, and they're straight acting like fucking jack-offs whilst doing so. Yeah, like, they're giving Marty this fucking snark, and he's, like, oblivious to it. And he's, like, he's like <laughs> talking back to him. He's, like, cool it when I'm trying to get laid, guys. Like, Carol's really into me. You know, Aww. it's fucking, Aww, it's, it's funny but sad. So they let him know that there's no hard feelings, and they give him a joint as a peace offering. This is a fucking hog leg, dude. It's like a skeleton's dick. Yeah, they give him a fucking split. <laughs> then the rad boys head off to fucking detention as Marty goes down to the science lab with his new fucking joint. With no science teacher. Oh, we'll get there. Okay, I just, I have issues. So Marty's now in the science lab. There's no supervision. This is the room that makes explosions. Don't you sure you want to have a fucking... It makes monsters. Right. How to make a monster, baby. How to turn it on. Yeah, yeah. you don't start in the kitchen, right? You're not in the fucking laundry room bringing back Frankenstein's monster, right? You're in the fucking science lab. Monsters start in the kitchen. Always have supervision in the science lab. And more importantly... Monster Movie 101. Proper protective eyewear. Yes. Dead fucking serious. Hey, man. This message was brought to you by OSHA. (laughs) So Marty's in the science lab, and he's working on... subsidiary of the... Here comes the spooky podcast. He's working on some fancy formula, and he decides to light his new joint with the Bunsen burner, which is funny to me. Right next to him, there's a yellow fucking lighter. Right. You do you, Marty. You do you. So the joint starts to, like, crackle and pop, and, like, it's I guess, tastes bad. So Marty, like, fucking tosses it on the floor, and he begins to work on his science some more. He grabs a huge bottle of nitric acid that just happens to be on the highest fucking shelf, like, at the top. With no lid on. Yeah, and it's, like, in the room, in which later he, like, it has a lid on it. It's fucking weird. So, like, it's not even, like, against the wall. It's in, like, the middle of the room. It's, like, easily knocked over, and he starts to get sick, and he heads off to the bathroom to throw up. Uh, I'll straight up tell you why what's up is because Marty ain't no fucking G, and he can't stand, he can't handle that sticky, icky kush. (laughs) So he starts hacking and wheezing and fucking tears ass to the bathroom to make barf rooney 
So Skip, meanwhile, is in detention, and he tricks the coach by breaking a window in the gym, and he, like, blames some people outside. He's like, Coach, somebody broke the fucking window. I should go investigate. And Coach is like, you absolutely should, Skip. And he sneaks off to the science lab where he puts, like, some pop rocks or some sort of chemical in Marty's it's formula. It's baking soda because he's making that volcano, dog. <laughs> And then he, like, heads back out, and Marty kind of catches him in the hallway as Marty's, like, coming out of the bathroom. And he, like, sees Skip, and they, like, lock eyes for a second. Skip goes back to detention, and Marty heads back to the science lab. Wait a minute. Is this when when he's just... Oh, that fucking happened already. When the two jackoffs are talking to Marty, and he's getting ready to enter the science lab, some random fucking dude with the basketball walks by, banks it off his head, catches it, and just keeps going. Like, Marty's just like... Ah. It's, it's, it's a living. Yeah, he just gets picked on constantly. And he's not even a bad dude. He's not fucking Alfred, man. So it's, Marty's back to work, and he's in the science lab working on his formula, and it starts to fucking go crazy, right? It's fucking fizzling and popping everywhere. It's got on the Bunsen burner. It's, it's fucking going nuts. And which it, is cauldron. It starts like a, like a small fire, and then like Marty freaks out, and he accidentally hits like the gas line to the Bunsen burner, which... I thought the the chemical severed it. It's just a little confusing. Yeah. It's kind of hard to it see happens what's going a little on fast. there. So this massive fire starts to break out, and it gets out of control real fast, and Marty's, like, struggling to put it out. And when he starts to freak out, he knocks over the shelf, and the nitric acid bottle falls down, breaks, and sprays Marty On all over face, his fucking face. his body, and his wiener. And there's an explosion. Yeah. And then the fucking lab, it, like, blows, but not, like, fucking Die Hard explodes. There's, like, an indoor explosion. And that gets, like, everybody's attention in the gym. Did you say indoor? Indoor. I love that move. <laughs> so then the goon squad Star comes Marsh. running as we get a shot of Marty lying on the floor. And he's, like, burnt all over. And his fucking face is, like, melted on one side from the acid where it hits it. And, you know. It, Wait a minute. And they just watch. They don't even help him. They just watch it happen. Man, Marty's burned so bad, he's cooked. A fucking Big Mac. Overdone. <laughs> <laughs> That's a callback, kids. So... The paramedics eventually arrive, as I guess the fire's put out. We never see it, and they take Marty away. A lot, all the kids are watching, you know, obviously. Just they fucking fucked up. gawking, not even all, all It looks so- like Stella's even kind of laughing at him. I had to rewind it like three times. I'm like, is she feeling bad, like biting her hand because she feels bad? She's from Jersey. Or she's she biting her fucking hand anyway. because, like, she's laughing. It looks like she's fucking laughing. She's a bitch. She's wearing black for some reason. Is she already in the fake mourning process? And then what? Carol's like the only one showing. She feels legit bad. Sincere, yeah. just like I don't remember what Carol. She like, like leans over and apologizes to Marty, like saying Marty it was an accident. And then he wakes up, or then he chokes the fucking piss yeah, out of her. He comes to and like his fucking like blistering skin peeled fucking hands. He just fucking starts choking her. Fucking little hot dog nubbies. She's screaming. Boom. She wakes up. She's in her bed. It's the future. It's five. It's years just later. a dream. She was just having a bad dream. So now Carol well, maybe gets... that's an erotic fantasy. We don't know how fucked up this chick is. It could be. She's thirty five. At this point, technically forty. A thirty five year old high school. Fuck, you're <laughs> right, dude. She is. Carol gets out of bed and she gets a phone call from her agent. So I guess we're to assume she's like an actress. His name's oh. Manny and it... it's so funny because he's real skeezy. But what's neat about the scene is that we see a poster on the wall behind him. Do you see that? It's for pieces? Yep. I love that movie. Yep. Did you see the other poster? It's like Captain Supersonic or something. Which I think is a movie. I hope it's a fucking movie because I'd watch the dog shit out of that. So he's trying to get her to do this role and she's like, she states like she doesn't want to take her clothes off for the movie anymore. And like she's done with these like photographers 
and she says she'd rather go to her high school reunion. Carol tells her manager to shove it that she'd rather go to her crummy high school reunion. Carol hops in the shower, and then we have this uh, scare, jump scare bullshit, but it's her roommate. So Carol's taking a shower as Susan jumps out and scares her before letting her know that she's also going to the reunion, but she'll likely be late. Carol and Susan were both part of the big group that, you know, fucking scarred Marty to death. And then Carol straight fucking gets dressed and then heads off. That's now see in my movie I have um Susan takes her clothes off, they get in the shower, they slam clams, roll credits. That's the movie. Interesting movie. Yeah. Why would you want to end it so early? Cause you get some hot lesbian shower sex. Why do you not continue the movie after that? It's a pretty good movie. Okay, you're right. Oh, and nobody dies. Haha, <laughs> 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 April Fools, just kidding! <laughs> it's like, got him. So next we see Skip, and he's driving this busted ass VW Beetle, and he's on his way to the What's reunion. What's his name? I just said Skip. No, no. What's the Volkswagen name? Oh, um. Doris? Dolores. Dolores. I think it is Doris. So, you gotta stop getting ahead of me, man. I'm on the same page. Let me get there. I'm on the same scroll as you. So, Skip's on his way to the reunion, and he stops to pick up Nancy. She's standing on the side of the road for some reason and hitchhiking to her high school reunion with a sign that reads Doddsville or Bust. And after stopping to pick up Nancy, Skip's car, Dolores, won't start, and he gets out to check the engine. And he's giving Nancy shit the whole time, like, this is your fault because I decided to pick you up. As we are introduced to two other folks from the group that scarred Marty, Joey and Stella. Stella. They pull up behind him. Everybody's hugging it out as Carol just fucking drives by. Doesn't stop, sees her friends, and just fucking keeps on going. Just a stuck-up bitch. Jeff, can I ask you a question? Yes, sir. So, we know in the 80s, well, at least in the 80s horror movies, uh, Hitchhiking. It's like everywhere. So why is it always destination or bust? What is the or bust? Is that like a craps term? Either take me there or don't. don't. Oh, okay. I just learned something today. Yep. All right. So Joey gives Skip a toe in the funniest fucking way. What's He's like, way? I can fix this, buddy. And he just ties rope to his truck, from his truck to the fucking VW Beetle and just Pulls him in, and they arrive at the high school where we meet Carol, Carl, and Shirley, and they're just fucking sitting there waiting, smoking cigarettes. Suddenly, we get a shot of someone anonymously looking out at the group from inside the school. I wonder who it is. I can literally got that. I wonder who that could be. <laughs> well, it's it's uh, Tibbs or Toby or whatever the fuck the janitor's name is. I'm sorry, groundskeeper. Digsby. Digsby. So the crew's kind of talking to themselves like, where's everybody else at? And they're like, I don't know. And they try to go inside. They think it's a little weird, but they realize the fucking door to the school is locked. So they were invited to this place. It clearly looks like it's fucking shut down. It's very old looking. The ground is fucking like not kept up well. There's giant weeds everywhere. And they're like, they're not even a little bit suspicious. They're like, what's really weird? We can't get in. It's also Von Mummy. I'm a dumb guy, but I know a red fucking flag when I see one. And these guys don't. I don't understand. It. No, they they feel like they're going to just stick around. So then our last fucking goon shows up, and it's Frank. And he speeds in on this motorcycle. And he fucking does, evil Knievel eating that shit. He does this crazy entrance where he, like, he's coming in too hot, and he realizes it. So he like cut, hits the brake and cuts the bike. 
dives off of it, does a roll, lands on his back, then takes off his helmet, just laughs about it, like, I almost died. Good thing he had his leathers on. Right? Anybody got any beer? It's just fucking crazy. He gets up and he starts greeting everybody. So everybody's sitting outside and they're trying to figure out what the hell's going on. And I'm trying to figure out the mystery of the disappearing, reappearing accent case. Oh, we'll get to that. (laughs) Everybody's waiting for, like, anybody else to show up as night comes. Nobody shows up, and Joe and Skip head off to see if they can get in the fucking school another way. Oh, you mean trespass? Yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, they've been invited. They've got written invitations. The rest of the gang hangs out in the front, and they're drinking and smoking as it starts to rain. Then all of a sudden, the door behind them, like, mysteriously unlocks. And you can barely Uh... hear it in the movie. It's not even that. It's like a... I mean, not even that loud. Like, I did it louder than you can hear it in the movie. They just kind of look at the door and then just go in. And I'm thinking to myself, did they not try this door earlier? But I, thought, I had to watch it a couple times. I thought Joe and Skip, like, shimmy the lock or something. Or... Well, they've they've already broken in. But you don't see them open the door. You just hear the door behind these people just fucking unlock. Do you think it was one of them, like, all haunted housing it? Kind of come in, but, like, not telling them. Get out. All right, everybody. See y'all. Have a good day. <laughs> Deuces. Everybody goes inside. And they're all stumbling around looking for Joe and Skip as they jump out and scare them with a hockey mask on. Jeff, what kind of mask is this? It's a fucking Jason mask. What kind of a Jason mask? Part 5 mask it from the VHS motherfucking cover. motherfucking poster. Yes. You even get a Friday the 13th Harry Manfredini fucking sting. And Skip's like, who'd you think it was? Jason? Who'd you think it was? A better movie? They joke around that April Fool's Day isn't until tomorrow, so, you know, knock the fucking shit off. When the lights all of a sudden go out, and they start freaking out, they're like, they start blaming Skip. They're like, Skip, you you set up this whole thing. It's like, no, dude, like, I fucking had nothing Wait to do a minute. with it. Are you trying to tell me that April Fool's Day was on April 12th? No, this is April 1st. What are you I knew that. I was testing you. <laughs> what are you, fucking calendar man? <laughs> I wish I was calendar man. He's one of my favorite Batman villains. Everyone decides to go poking around the school. Some people want to be the joke. It's fucking covered in cobwebs and dust. It looks like fucking nobody's been in there. And nobody seems to suspect that out of the whole class, they were the only people to fucking show up. Like, hey, this might be a little fucking weird. So the group comes across this one classroom that is fully fucking cleaned. It's decorated for a party with a big banner. (laughs) Yeah, it fucking reads, welcome back. It's got a bunch of food and booze on these tables. And everyone notices that they're old lockers are in this room yeah that's a little fishy like not out in the hall where lockers are kept where all the other lockers are kept the indigenous area of lockers yeah they've been brought into this room for specific reasons and no one thinks that's weird and they notice that marty's locker is in there and they open it and they find marty's yearbook and they start to reminisce about what they did to him and skip starts telling jokes that he went crazy after the accident and now he's in an insane asylum and people are like that's not funny to freak out about and he's like I'm just kidding last I heard he works for IBM and he's doing fucking great well I mean like you were saying here we find out that Marty spent six months in the hospital and this skin grafts didn't take sound familiar like cropsy well I think cropsy was there like five years but this is five years later but but like Skip then like recants it and he's like oh he's for IBM now they were just like getting budding lunch meat and just gluing it to his face it's just like it won't keep it won't keep in the hospital like dog keeps up (laughs) so uh everyone decides that uh it's getting a little too serious and they start cutting loose as we get a shot of somebody roaming the halls in a letterman's jacket and the old man jester mask that we saw earlier from the original prank that caused marty his fucking accident 
The gang is sitting around. They're snorting coke and smoking weed as Carol and Nancy head up to the bathroom for a little pee-pee break. Frank and Skip decide to follow them, and they jump out of the shower inside the girls' locker room, which is the same locker room that Marty was in originally, because you can see Marty Rains and fucks written on the walls. Did you see the scene where the gals are walking in the bathroom? Lightning strikes, and you can see the silhouette of Marty. Yep. That was kind of fun. It is fun. They do some I live good for shit like that. So they scare the girls before running off and laughing, and they get scared in the hallway, the dudes do, by Digby, the janitor, who is now had a promotion, and he's the caretaker. Da, 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 da. He's not doing a good job. Like I said, this fucking place no, is covered in cobwebs and dust. No, ass honkies wander up in his yeah. shit. And like, like I said, the fucking grounds outside are covered in fucking weeds taller than they are, and it's just fucking I got, terrible. I gotta jump in here real quick. I totally forgot something. Uh... Back when Digsby is first introduced and he narks out, um, you know, all the kids. All the crew. Yeah, I had I had subtitles on. And when he's talking to the gym coach, it says, in a Jamaican accent. <laughs> no, it doesn't really. I swear to fucking God. Did you have the subtitles on from the Blu-ray? Yeah. Damn, I had the Blu-ray. I fucking missed that. Oh, dude. Oh, it. we're doing that after this yes. episode. I gotta see that. And at no point at any hey, part of the coach, mo- man, there's some shit going down <laughs> with boys in the girls' locker room. <laughs> they are smoking their... You're supposed way better. Near the beach. Boy! Everything gonna be R.E. Shut the fuck <laughs> up, dude. <laughs> also, where the fuck is uh, his Jamaican accent now? Anyway. So, <laughs> Digsby, Jamaican accent aside... It's not the caretaker, and he ain't doing a good job. He tells he tells all these fucking honkies that, hey, it's cool if you guys just broke in and you want to look around, but not to start any fires. Again. <laughs> no, dead fucking serious. They give him a red stripe. Right? Digsby heads off. A singular they're like, red stripe. They're like, boo, big-headed friend. Hooray, beer. You know, because he's Jamaican. What's that shit from fucking Trading Places? The whole beef jerk? Oh, Dan Aykroyd in blackface. Move on. From the African American Exchange Conference, right? All right, now we're doing trading places. I'm sorry, we're get, we're getting fucking too sidetracked here. No, you're welcome. You're having a good time listening to fun. So they bribe Digsby with a beer, and they're like, hey, a the- singular red stripe beer. And red stripe is good, and it is a Jamaican beer, so that is funny. See what I did there? And uh, so he heads off, just talking to himself about how happy he is with this with his lone beer, as the Jeffter Jester. Just comes- call him who he is. It's fucking Marty, dude. Don't well, even we haven't front. gotten there, homie. Spoiler alert, my shit, bitch. So as the jester lifts him up by his fucking throat one-handed and he impales him on the back of the head with one of those old school coat hangers that you would see like behind the blackboards. Like he fucking hits him in like the soft spot of his skull and kills him. And then he like picks up his hands and he fucking Jesus nails him to the door with these massive fucking spikes. They're not like railroad spikes, but they are not like carpenter nails. All right, they are so big. We are going to have some conflict here because... We know it's Marty. You know it's Marty. Tiny babies know it's Marty. I have... Out of nowhere, Marty grabs the janitor... I'm sorry, groundskeeper by his neck. Marty, who weighs 130 pounds, soaking wet. I don't mind that, gra- you, that you ruined that it's Marty. What I do care about, though, is that Digby has had a promotion, so acknowledge it. He is the caretaker, I not said the it. janitor. Yeah, you had to catch yourself. No, I deliberately said it because I'm an asshole. That's not nice. Uh... Uh, 30, 135 pounds soaking wet, grabs the groundskeeper and lifts him by his neck, impaling him through the back of the skull, and then he proceeds to crucify him like Jesus. Death number one, 
the groundskeeper got po- caught playing hooky because <laughs> of the hook. I love it. But hey, you don't really know that it's Marty yet. That's right. 31 minutes into the movie, we get our first death. We've seen a butthole. We've seen a nutsack. We've seen kind of a large penis. Cheese machine. And we finally have our first death. But you really don't know that it's Marty. You don't. You don't get that reveal until much later in the story. I mean, you could do that anytime. Are we, we watching an episode of Dora the fucking Explorer? No, but you can do that in any movie we review, right? Where it's just like, oh, well, it's so-and-so. Like when we do part five, right? Like we know who it is, but they don't know who it is. I'm just saying, you don't really know that it's Marty. And this ending is definitely called into question. Actually, the whole movie's called we'll into get question there. at the ending. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Let, let me do this. Let me do this. No. Oh, come on. It's good. No. It's good. No. It's good. Oh, yeah. You got some shit in between. Yes. All right. Back in the party room. This is, I have to, this is like a dog. I got to control him. He just, he will go on a rant. I, I have to rein him in. Back in the party room, the gang is getting drunk and they're joking around with each other. Uh, with each other. There's a funnel in the pants. Oh, yeah, that bit. Where it's like Skip, like Carol. And... Let's expand on that. This is actually kind of clever yeah. and funny. Carol bets Skip that he can't. Carol and Nancy bet Skip that he can't. Roll a quarter off, off his, his head and catch it in this funnel, funnel that's, that's hanging, hanging from his pants. It's like wedged in between. Uh, his, it's like in his, his belt. Like they belt. shove it in his belt. Yeah. And so he does it the first time and he's like, see, I can do it. And they're like, we'll do it again. So he goes to do it again. And fucking Nancy pours a whole beard on his pants because Skip is like the big ha ha funny guy. So it was nice that they kind of pull a prank on him. And since it's after midnight now, it's technically April Fool's Day. Officially. Carl then challenges Ted to shotgun a beer. After he finishes, Ted starts to hold his stomach as he's clearly getting sick. He doesn't feel good. So, well, there's a small problem. PBR doesn't stand for Paps Blue Ribbon, the beer that he he shotgun. It stands for Poisonous Beer, you retard. So, uh, what, what do we have here? So, he grabs his stomach and it starts all bulgy because he has a tummy ache. Ted, you shouldn't drink so fast. You gave yourself a case of the bubble guts. His stomach splits open and intestines start to spill out. Death number two, tummy troubles or... A major case of the bubble guts. This is a really cool scene. So he like like Nacho said, he, he chugs the beer and his fucking like stomach starts to explode. At first I I suspected the first time I saw this, I'm like, oh, it's like the classic like prank thing where it's like, oh, he had like pop rocks. Like like uh space balls. Yeah. And instead, like, it's a really cool effect. Ted like grabs his stomach and he pulls it open as like intestines and guts start to come out here's it, what's really neat though is it looks very alien and not of the human body it's because the way they did the special effect chicken guts it's right? like chicken guts and they have like a guy behind him like forcing it out from behind it's a really cool effect so like ted's like ripping his stomach open as these like chicken guts are coming out and um shirley is like in front and she gets fucking front sprayed. row gallagher fucking she, blah! she's the only person too who gets it fucking all over her face and she freaks out so everyone runs out of the room and we get like a shot of ted's beard has been spilled over and like you can see this like blue chemical coming out right it. it's like comet or yeah. like clearly ted's been poisoned everyone but shirley is now at this point 
trying to escape and they find all the doors locked and boarded up and the windows have cages over them and they're fucking electrified. electrified. Everybody goes left, Shirley goes right. Yeah, everyone's fucking trying to leave but they can't get out. Shirley heads to the locker room to get all the Ted offer <laughs> and this is minute 4630. Oh, you tell me, dog. Boobies. We officially have some titties. As Shirley decides that, hey, while she just saw her buddy die, uh, it's more important to take a bath. So, meanwhile, while Shirley's getting naked, uh, Carl is able to kick the window out enough that he squeezes through, and he's going to get help in Carol's car, because it's the closest, and Carol's Starts like, every time. Yeah, she's like, it starts on the first time. She's a great car. Uh, he struggles to get the car started. And as he's looking around to kind of figure out what the fuck the problem is, he catches a glimpse of the jester in the rearview mirror before he gets impaled in the back with a sword. All right, so maybe these movies had made us jaded. But I know every time I slip into my whip, I look in the back fucking seat. Constantly, right? Death number three. Marty's a real backseat driver. That's why you always check the backseat. We saw Urban Legend. Oh my fucking God. You could have... A dude swinging an axe? I don't know, dude. My That's a car's... good death name, by the way. Dude, that... Oh, that? Oh, that? Marty's so, a real backseat driver? The jester takes off in the car, and he turns around, like, so that the headlights now shine on what is Carl's Yeah, course. what the fuck is going on so, here? So, he... So, apparently, what's what's happened, we don't really see on screen, is that the, the, the killer has taken Carl, and he's, like, impaled him on a fence now, and he drives up in the car, and everybody's inside the school, and they're like... Yes, great, thank you. He's he's leaving, he's going to get help. Then he yeah. stops, turns around, and we get the fucking headlights on Carl, letting everybody inside know that he is no longer alive. So now everybody knows that Carl is dead. And you got anything to say about the death there, Nachos? Uh, Marty's a real backseat driver. <laughs> In the meantime, Shirley is upstairs taking her casual ass bath and just fucking washing all the Ted off her. What's that shit? She like gets naked but keeps her drawers on? Well, yeah. She didn't get no Ted down there. So she's taking her bath. She got the water run when all of a sudden acid starts pouring from the tub's faucet. She hit the third fall. Don't do that. And it's melting her whole body while the killer in the jester mask just looks on. She starts screaming as everyone... Starts to fucking head upstairs, but Skip and Nancy stay downstairs. Because um, Nancy is passed out at this time. She's like, heard the scream, and fucking, she sees Carl dead, and she freaks out, and she loses it. Uh, everybody runs upstairs, only to find Shirley's fucking bloody skeleton in the tub. So, like, no sign of Shirley, it's just this fucking bloody skeleton. So, this acid has worked super fast. Well, it's got to be the nitric acid, you know, as a callback, that that's what got Marty. And this is when everybody starts to freak out. That Marty has come back and he is seeking revenge. Death number four. Soup de Shirley. Or now that's what I call hard water. So from inside now, Skip sees that Susan has arrived and is trying to warn her to go back. But she can't hear him and she enters the school and she's looking for everybody else now. Uh, she's walking down this hallway, and she sees this large, like, black-and-white poster of Marty this at the end so of the hall. This is so cool how they do this. Like, she walks, and then they, like, turn off segmented lights. I know I'm having a hard time. It, it Just watch the movie. <laughs> it's a pretty neat scene. So she sees the 
what is effectively a poster at the end of it. And she gets closer to investigate when a pair of hands like bust through it. Ooga booga booga! They fucking grab her. Uh, I have. This is where shit gets complicated because you don't see her death on screen. Yeah, this is an on off screen death. I think I have. Uh, her body shows up at the very end of the movie, so we can count this. So, mm-hmm. death ten. A picture. I'm sorry. A picture is worth a thousand screams. Joey, Frank, and Skip then head off to find a tractor that they know about that's on the school grounds, and they see if they can use it to break out of the school. All right, let's get real. Let's call it what it is. It's a lawnmower. It's a fucking riding lawnmower. Yeah. Joe stays behind to fix it, because that's what he does best. Um, and they, meanwhile, Frank and Skip head back to the group to let everybody know what's going on. So while the group is waiting, Stella is, like, getting more fucked up, and she starts hitting on Frank. Stella tells Frank that he is actually the father of the baby that her and Joey have. Whoa, I didn't catch that. Yeah, and Joey doesn't know about it. That's so some fucking drama. Stella's a whore. And this kind of seems like an inappropriate time for this. They've already had, like, several friends die in front of them. Castella gets a case of the hornies and wants to jump Frank's bones in the worst way so at she... the worst time because these people fucking deserve to die. So Frank and Stella start to go at it, and we cut back to Joe, and he's working on the tractor. Joe fix it. <laughs> and he's underneath of it, like, fucking cranking away as the jester walks in, and he, like, kicks away the uncranks the jack yeah he kicks away the jack and fucking starts to lower the tractor under joey as he's working underneath of it and like Not joey cool he's, he's a like, big what the dude, fuck, dude and he's he, like trying to like fucking bench press it to he's keep holding him off it for a while yeah until the piece of shit jester pulls a fucking well that says so hold on he oh. the jester goes and he turns the tractor on and then he fucking starts the lawnmower blades that are underneath it right as fucking joey's like trying to bench press it off of him and that's when the jester walks up Grabs, pulls out a pocket knife, and just starts cutting. What's it say on the the knife? I don't know. What does it say? Panther. Ooh. Mysterious and dark. He starts cutting fucking Joey's arms so that he fucking... Dick move. ...is going to drop it on himself, and he fucking eventually gives up, and the fucking lawnmower blades fall on Joey and fucking start cutting his legs and his fucking guts. I got this. As it drops it on him. Um... The lawnmower falls on top of Joey, hacking him into tiny pieces, thus making him, death number five, the lawnmower man. So meanwhile, Frank and Stella are in a room by themselves, and they're in a bed that's, for some reason, inside this high school. Just being disgusting. And they're naked. Uh, It's hour mark one, uh, minute 105. We get boobies from Stella. You can see Stella's giant clown shoe tits flopping around. And they're being bad friends. Stella starts to give Frank shit about his performance issues. She's like, what's the matter, Frank? You turn into a homo or something? Right, and Frank's like, I'll fucking show you. So they start to bang, and we get the worst dirty talk ever. Oh, shit. Frank's just sitting there, and like Stella's like, talk dirty to me. And he's like, tits. Talk, oh, dirtier, dirtier. Screw. Screw. Fuck. And, And these are actual lines from the movie. Stella then, like, is having about to have an orgasm, and she reaches behind her to fucking grab the metal bar frame. Saddle up. Of this bed. And as the jester, as she grabs it, the jester, like, flips a switch. It turns out the bed is, like, tied to several car batteries, and it fucking electrocutes them both to death. Fucking Frank's body goes flying, and Stella hangs on, and it's just fucking, like, rocking the bed. It electrocutes just... her 
to blackface. Yeah. Her Yikes. fucking arms are fucking black. Her fucking face is black. She is gnarly looking. Death seven and six. Fucking two. Electric boogaloo. <laughs> These don't get any better at this point. I apologize, listeners. I, I was in a time crunch. Nancy goes to check on Joe and she finds him dead. So she's come to now and she's like, oh, I'm going to go check on everybody. So she finds Joe dead. She runs back to tell Skip and Carol and they run up. They all run upstairs together and find Frank and Stella fucking dead in the beds. Skip screams for Marty to come out and stop hiding like an asshole as they make their way to the gym and Skip arms himself with the javelin. Probably the same javelin he like, tried to shove up his ass earlier. Why not? Let's get some continuity in there. Right? He's smelling the tip. Yeah, I know this javelin. The three of them then head back to where they've been hiding and decide to just wait for Marty. And Skip claims that it's now dawn and April Fool's Day ends at noon, so Marty won't hurt them after noon. Apparently and, that's how they do it in the UK. And that, that's where we're getting mm. So this is kind of weird, not just mentioned earlier. This movie was filmed in Europe with a bunch of European actors and actresses who are feigning American accents. And they're doing a bad job, which is why everybody sounds different. Oh, it morphs so hard. It's You, but, you can hear it. It's evident. But in Europe, when they observe it before Fool's Day, they only observe it till noon. After noon, you don't play pranks on anybody anymore. Here in the U.S., we do shit 24 right. fucking hours. It's the full fucking day. So this is actually part of the movie, which I thought was kind of neat. <laughs> the filmmakers obviously didn't know that April Fool's Day lasts all day here in America. Around here in the States. But that's apparently where the movie's supposed to be set. Like in, in, in like, I, th- I think somewhere in like Maine or something like that. So they all fall asleep waiting and as they fall asleep and they're hiding from Marty, Skip wakes up because he hears like a noise in the hallway. It's like the jingling of the of the jester bells. And he goes to investigate and he's grabbed from behind and the girls wake up from that noise. Carol and Nancy notice that Skip is obviously gone. They decide to go look for him as they only have one hour after, left before it's noon. We then cut to Skip who is hanging from the rafters by a noose and a chair is underneath him as the jester yanks the chair out and skips fucking like starts to hang to death. The jester just leaves the room as fucking skip is just hanging there doing his best cave, uh, David Carradine impersonation. Uh, and the rope he's struggling and the rope breaks and skip falls to the floor and he's still alive at this point. I was so pissed off. I had my notes ready and everything. I'm watching skip fucking dangle, you know, his face is like, and I have death number eight. Just hanging around. And then I had to put the subtitles. But not really. Yeah, Counting Crows. The girls start going around to all the spots where their friends have died before. And they notice that all the bodies and the carnage has been cleaned up as if nothing has ever happened. Which is kind of weird. So they're still roaming the halls. Carol and Nancy hear some odd noises. And they go into a room. And they only find the video that they took of the prank five years prior that they pulled on Marty, like playing on loop in the TV in there. they also find Marty's yearbook where everybody who's died, his face is crossed out and Nancy's is like half crossed out. So she thinks that she's next and she freaks out and she fucking runs off and she makes her way out of the school somehow. This is weird. And she runs into the jester. It's, it's, it's daylight now and he's waiting for her. And as she's like running away, she like falls in like an open, like sewer pit. It's like a septic tank. I have a shit pit. Yeah. She fucking falls in the shit pit and she's like fucking trying to get out of the <gasps> shit pit. And she makes her way to the top and the fucking jester just puts his fucking foot on her head and just fucking holds her under. It's her. sleepaway camp three. Uh, you know what? I had death number nine and I don't have anything for it, but right off the top of my head on the fly, hanging with the pooper. <laughs> it's not good. That was a pity laugh. Thank she, you. Nancy drowns in poop. 
Meanwhile, Carol is still roaming around the school, and she discovers Digby's corpse uh, nailed to the door, and she runs off. Just like Crispin Glover from Friday the 13th, the final chapter. And she ends up back in that girl's locker room where they originally pulled a prank on Marty. She hides in a stall, and she's, like, standing on the toilet, and it starts to bubble and fill with blood, and it, like, overflows over the fucking floor somehow. Rusty pipes. With blood? Yeah. Sure, why not? Okay. Uh, Carol freaks out at that sight, and she runs out of the locker room and heads back to the gym where she grabs a baseball bat before being scared off by Susan's dead body that, like, swings down from the ceiling. Oh, so now we finally get confirmation on Susan's yep. death. Death 11. There, there was a thing for the... Oh, uh... A... Pictures with a thousand screens. So she runs back into the school and back down the same hallway with the Marty poster at the end where the jester then now jumps out to get her but Carol, who just beats the fuck right, out of she him with that played, baseball bat. probably played softball. Right? She beats the fuck out of the Jester with the bat, knocks him down. She drops the bat, and she runs off. The classic horror movie trope. Don't finish the villain off. Drop your weapon right by him. Because what happens two seconds later... Jester gets up, he grabs the bat. Takes the fucking bat, and he's doing that cool walking and smacking in the hand shit. He's chasing Carol down the fucking school hallways, and they end up in the auditorium. Uh, Carol starts to hide behind some curtains as the jester arms himself with another javelin. Right? This fucking school is just full of fucking just track meat shit. Low-key javelin high. <laughs> the jester finds her because he's like fucking poking it through the fucking curtains and scaring the shit out of her. And she runs off again and she arms herself with a hatchet and waits for the jester around a corner. Wait, what? Like, okay, I know there's a lot of bullshit with this high school. There's bathtubs. There's bedrooms. There's fucking lawnmowers. What's this hatchet doing there? I get like a fire axe. I guess it's like a fire escape hatchet. I'm not sure. It's hanging on the wall, but she grabs it. It's whatever those goofy Brits do. So she arms herself, and as she thinks she hears the jester come around the corner, she jumps out to attack him, and she hacks him in the face, but... Spoiler alert. Turns out it's... It's Skip. Yeah, fucking Skip. Not the jester. And he takes a fucking solid hatchet to the face. He dies painfully... As Skip fucking freaks out because, obviously, Carol's just now ruined his favorite eyeball. Right. He's got a hatchet planted in his face. <laughs> when you hear the chime, turn the page. Death number... Uh, I. This shit gets sloppy at this point. You're cool. So, Skip's dead now. It's pretty funny. Carol then freaks out, obviously, because she's just murdered somebody. And she runs Ha-ha, off. Haha, made you kill your friend. And she ends up finding the jester as he jumps out and they fight and he pushes she pushes the jester through uh, the window washes that fucking dude like it's like a window on a balcony and he lands on the fucking gym floor and then she's like standing over him with that javelin that he has in real time this is no cutaway and she like it's not a throw she just kind of like casually drops it at him not on him it doesn't hit him or land anywhere near him it just drops by him as if she was like attempting to kill him it, they obviously had just the one shot at it, and they're worried about, like, fucking actually injuring the actor, because the way the shot is set up, you clearly see her dead. I don't think but... they were worried about injuring the actor. I think it was just like, oh, shit, she dropped it. Did it impale? No, okay. Uh, We'll give him stunt pay. <laughs> Everything's normal. Well, they'd already lost a real Marty at this point, so they probably didn't want to injure the backup. <sighs> that was the director, fun fact. We're going to get to that I mean, I trivia. Didn't, no, you didn't hear You're right, that. though. It's his little brother, Morty. <laughs> so the jester now uninjured because the javelin didn't do anything gets back up javelin in hand and he chases her down into the girl's locker room again again where he finally unmasks and we see that it's marty and like his face is all fucked up he looks like harvey dent 
I believe in Harvey Dent. I believe in Harvey Dent. I believe in Marty Rats. Marty's now got her like cornered in the stall, like in the shower stall where it still says Marty Ransom fucks. And he fucking stabs Carol right in the stomach with the javelin before like laughing and screaming like, I showed ya April Fool's. April fucking fool's motherfuckers. Marty then walks out and he starts to hear these like ghostly voices call his name and they draw him back to like the party room where he had like originally set up for everybody but and he sees everyone but this time it looks like peewee's big adventure when he's having the nightmare where the fucking t-rex is eating his bike everything there's a thick fog and yeah it's all like, the dead people are coming and there's back like crazy with... lights going on so everybody's there that he's killed off they've got like ghoul faces on like night it, of, like dawn of the cool. dead like makeup, like yeah. black eyes and white faces and it's stuff pretty like cool. that. And he freaks the fuck out as they start to grab him and stuff like that. And he runs off and he's trying to open the front door to escape. And as he finally does it, like he gets the door open, but all the ghouls are now on the other side and they fucking jump out and start to grab his ass. Like Resident Evil 2. Yeah. It, it's a pretty neat scene for sure. And this is where like the movie gets a little screwy. And that's where we got to talk about it at the end. Oof. So after this happens, the screen goes black and we cut to Marty screaming He's tied to a bed in the hospital with bandages all over him, like his face and his hands. I guess he was having a bad dream as a nurse comes in to check on him. She tells him to just fucking relax, that the doctors have done a great job on his plastic surgery. He's going to be out of there soon. And your your skin graft is going to hold. Right. And, you know, it's, it's not a big deal. Like, he'll be just fine. So we get the impression this has all been a dream. Uh, all of a sudden, we cut to the... Uh, hallway as the doctor's walking around and, like, this alarm is going Ring. off, like, right outside Ring. of Marty's room. And the doctor runs down to check on things, and he walks in, and he, he sees Marty freaking out in the bed, and the nurse standing over him. And as the nurse turns around, as the doctor approaches, it turns out it's fucking Marty. Sick reveal! He has fucking switched places with the nurse, and he's put her in the bed, and he's he strangled her to death. He pulled a Heath Ledger. And he's fucking holding this massive fucking syringe, and he turns around to the doctor, and before he fucking stabs the doctor right in the fucking eye, he, like, fucking starts yelling at him. And he fucking kills him, fucking impales him right through the fucking eye. So the doctor's now dead. Marty moves out to, like, fucking leave the room. And he catches his reflection in the mirror. And he sees that he's all fucked up. And he's in this nurse's outfit. And he starts to fucking grab his face and just start peeling, peeling it the fuck off. Just peeling his fucking skin off uh, as this fucking intro kicks on and roll credits. So, technically, then there's only two kills because it's the doctor what's well, so, so that's nurse? what i was gonna get at so um before we move on to the kill count what what do you think what is your interpretation this isn't our final thoughts this is just what was your interpretation of it so Oof. the first time i saw it i originally just wanted to believe that it wasn't a dream that marty killed all these people but like you get the ghoul scene that kind of leads you to believe it like with all the crazy shit that happens after marty kills everybody and then of course he wakes up in the hospital and 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 the nurse seems to have a different story from Marty. So upon further review, like viewings of the movie, I definitely feel like this was just this, like a dream. And it was all in Marty's head, but he's either way. He has clearly killed somebody. He's either clear, like killed all his friends or not friends, but all his high school students, or he's killed like the fucking doctor and nurse. Now this movie was fun all up until this point, And this is kind of like a wag of the finger goes to this movie. And especially April fool's day for doing shit like this because it's like well what do you think happened before i get to our final thoughts what do you think was it a dream or was it real (sighs) marty's fucking looped out (sighs) i don't want to say it's a dream dude i really don't because more importantly was it a dream or a waste of my 
uh, or a waste of my time. And uh, what was that? It was a this burp. I muffled it because I didn't want to break the microphone. Sounded like a bear farting. Anyway, so I, I, dream I, or not, I, dude. It's a fucking dream. Yeah, I and I hate saying thing. it. It's it's the whole thing from Dallas and all that shit all over. Again. Oh, I know who shot Jr. Right, it was Maggie. Hey, nachos. What's you up? Want, you want to see a dead body? Fuck yeah, I do. All right, so we've got thirteen kills in this movie. Twelve of them on screen and one off screen. We've got Digby stabbed in the head with a coat hook. Ted stomach melted with acid. Woof. Carl impaled in the back with a sword. Shirley melted by acid in the bathtub. Joey gutted by the lawnmower. Stella and Frank both electrocuted with a car battery. Nancy's drowned in the poop bath. Susan, she's killed off screen. I just assume she's probably strangled to death. Skipped is hacked in the face with an axe by Carol. Carol stabbed in the stomach with the javelin. Then the nurse is strangled to death, and the doctor gets that big-ass syringe stabbed right in his eye. Gets an eye full of syringe. Um, Nachos, what was your favorite death? My favorite death, man? Ugh. Probably bubble guts. Ted. Ted. I mean, it's so gross. What's your runner-up? So I have Ted as well as my favorite. Yeah, I mean, it's probably the most iconic kill of the fucking movie. Yeah, it was, it was, it was a great special effect. I've actually never seen another special effect like that before. Where somebody hey, Ridley Scott, suck it. Like, grabs at it, and, like, you can clearly see that these are fucking real guts. Like, you know, they're not human guts, but it's pretty effective and it, it's gruesome and nasty it, it was so nasty we made a post of it earlier today on instagram and instagram had to fucking take shit it down. got booted i even mentioned it nachos I was like i think they're gonna take that down he's like nah man it's cool it's not a big deal we've seen worse on instagram but they fucking straight within an hour took that shit down because it is fucking grody i felt a little felt a little hurt um, what, what's your runner up man i would say my backup death would probably be Shirley in the bathtub acid bath i love that fucking dissolve they do like I mean, she's just like, ah, I'm burning, I'm burning. This curtain isn't fun to hold on to. Fall back, and then you just get that, like, cool claymation face dissolve. It was, it was, yeah, it does. It does. Like, her face fucking, like, melts really fast. Like, they slowly did it, right, in the effect, and then, like, sped it up for the movie. All right, fuck it. What's the worst kill of the movie? Um... I give it to Suzanne, because that shit's off screen, and you don't see nothing. I would say Carl... Because which one's Carl? Carl's one of the stabbed oh, the in the car, back. dude. Because here's like the Susan thing. You see a lot of movies where there's people killed off screen, so you don't know what happens. But you get a pretty good jump scare out of her body swinging down. Yeah. Okay. I'll give you that. However, Carl he gets a sword stabbed to him. Now I'm I'm assuming it's a sword. It's just some sort of sharp object that comes. Through if they him. have hatchets and bathtubs and. It, it was a neat lead up and I love that later on like right after this he like hangs him from the fucking fence and like shines the car lights on him so that everyone can see that Carl is now dead but it was a pretty lackluster kill compared to everybody else that or um Nancy as she's like drowning in the poop cuz you don't actually see her drown you just see him put his foot on her head Why and push is there her back a down. burning pipe down there like it's like a, I guess it's like a septic tank or something like that I'm not 100% sure. I don't I don't think this fucking movie knows what it's doing. But it is. About like, she goes to grab and she's trying to get out, and there's, like, a hot pipe. And they, they, they make, like, the noise as she keeps grabbing it. I'm like, I don't understand. I guess poop comes out hot. I don't know. Like, well, methane. Like, right. heats it up. I'm not sure. <laughs> so, you ready for stuff you should know? Sure. So, originally titled April Fool's Day for this movie, the title was changed to Slaughter High after the filmmakers learned that Paramount 
of the Friday the 13th fame, was mm-hmm. releasing a slasher movie of the same name in the same year. What do you think Nachos had the better name? Slaughter High, dude. That sounds gangster as fuck. And you get that kick-ass song out of it. I think what I think maybe Manfredini did music for uh, April Fool's Day, which I'm sure we'll get to that at some point. Oh, yeah. That's a fun movie. You get Amy Steele. You get Biff Tannern. Tannern? Tannen. Tannen. Thank you. I you just... even get one of the dudes, uh, the, the stripper guy from summer school. Wow. Oh, hey. So the whole time this movie was going on, did you think Skip kind of looked like Chainsaw from Chainsaw and Dave? This is one of those movies, it's funny you mention that, where like I'm seeing everybody in the movie, and I feel like I've seen the majority of these people somewhere else. Now, even though I've gone through like what their acting credits were, right? I don't recognize, uh, like other than like two of them, I don't recognize the rest. But the, even the first time I saw this, I felt like I had seen everybody else in something before. And some of these people had only been in this movie. So they just have those faces that are just, feel like standard 80s TV movie kind of faces. I don't know what it is, but they all look familiar, even though you've actually never seen them before. Can we talk about the heinous teeth in this movie? Well, they're British. I mean, I don't want to be that guy, but... uh... I feel that April Fool's Day had the better name, and here's why. Even though this one was going to originally be called April Fool's Day, and what's what's fun is you can actually, on the Blu-ray, you can see the alternate title sequence, where instead of Slaughter High... Like title card comes up and, and it kind of thunders and rocks around a little bit. No, that April Fool's Day comes up and it's like got a big number one next to it. And really, it, yeah, it's kind of neat. Well, I better check that shit out. Yeah, it's man. on the Blu-ray. It's pretty cool. But I feel that this really wasn't an April Fool's Day kind of movie. Sure, we had it for the first part, and then of course it is part of the um the whole plot. But you don't really get that until later. But April Fool's Day, the movie really incorporates the whole April Fool's Day theme. They pull pranks in the beginning, during the middle. Like, it, it's much more April Fool's Day to me. I want to talk about the third act of that movie, but we'll just save that for when we do that. So we already mentioned the score was done by Han- Harry Manfredini, and apparently a bunch of this movie that he just submitted for this was leftover stuff from Friday the 13th films that didn't get approved. So well, he, he even said write it came stuff. out 86, so that's probably uh, leftovers from, like, part... Uh, one through six because six final came out chapter six came out during this time well i mean but like he'd already be caught up right with that. but so like part five you know what yeah actually when fucking old boy has the mask on the part five mask um yeah that actually kind of makes sense the crazy thing is like it doesn't really like it has that harry manfredini sound to it but it most certainly does it doesn't have that friday 13th vibe so it's very different oh than the i think there's a, a couple zings there where it sounds very friday the 13th caroline anyway. monroe as we already said she was 36 years old when she was playing a high school teen she was carol in the movie the film was shot in London, and the actors adapted American accents, but none of them did a real good job. No, they that, and then or Jamaican accents for what it's worth. As uh, we stated, uh, Simon Scudamore, who played Marty, committed suicide prior to the film being finished. So a lot of the later scenes with the killer was actually one of the writer directors, Mark Ezra, just in the jester's mask. You know what? Uh, I'm gonna have a little swig to Marty. To so Marty, like. cheers to Marty. Mm whiskey so nachos what are your final thoughts and what is your rating um final thoughts so like 
when I saw this movie when I was younger, I, I didn't quite understand the ending. I don't know if they understood the ending. It's it's busy. It brings you the paint-by-numbers slasher scenario, but with a UK twist kind of thing. But, um... Ugh, fuck, now that I'm a jaded old asshole, I like elements of the movie. But all in all, um... I don't know if I'm going back to watch this anytime soon. If I had to rate this movie, I give it four French ticklers out of dirty talk. Like, screw and fuck and tits. <laughs> Damn, Frank, you're real good at that. Right. You you are a Lothario, homie. So the final cuts for me uh, is that I really did enjoy this movie. So I, I got to it later in life beyond when you saw it. So... I've seen it less than you have for sure. I don't think it's like a gem and treasure such as like in the lights of like The Burning or Intruder or even like a newer one like The Hills Run Red. Do you think it's worse than Madman? No, I think it's better than Madman. Whoa. And uh, we'll definitely cover that one day. But what I do like is that it's got a pretty competent plot. Uh, It's got great kills, good special effects for the time. And obviously they were on a small budget here. And it was just overall a very enjoyable movie. Uh, the ending aside, you know, where you're just trying to figure out if it's a dream or if it actually happened. While that is a good talking point, it doesn't matter to me. Because what I've seen is a competent slasher with excellent executed kills. And some of the weakest ones were still pretty bloody and gruesome. So I give it seven acid baths out of ten. Do you think this film merits a remake? I don't think any competent horror movie that scores more than five on this show merits a remake. So that's all we've got for today. Um, Make sure you tune in for the next episode, episode four, where we take you to UCLA and we meet some interesting student bodies. I want to say we follow up our thematic aspect of pranks. Yay, pranks. More pranks. More pranks in the next episode. So many pranks. All right, everybody. Keep it spooky. Take your greasy. Keep it spooky.